the show, episode, well, it's two. It was going to be three, but we got to go back and do the other one. I'm John, or only the host, and uh, with me is, not on that side, on this side, Kelly Kintner, and below me, if that's where he stays, uh, Mario Marino. We're here to talk about everything music. How are we doing today, guys? Doing, doing well. good over here, thanks. Mario, what do you do at Only the Host? Uh, that's a great question, Kelly. So um, I consider myself a facilitator, I guess, helping with the odd jobs as they crop around, uh, be it, you know, putting up the banners or creating forms, trying to bring a little bit of structure to some of the things which historically haven't seen a lot of structure in the past. And... Um, Typically just, you know, trying to be a good member of the community, be a part of OTL, OTH, and help everyone on their journey with making music. See, I, I would basically say he's my second brain on this whole thing. He takes care of all the stuff I don't know how to do or I can't concentrate well enough to do because I'm so overwhelmed. So in my opinion, he's 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 my structural guide. Well, thanks for that. That's excellent. That's excellent. You know, I listen to your music and it sounds um, real polished. Um, where did you learn to do that? To, to make the, those kind of recordings? Because, I mean, you sound, you sound way better than the guy who spent, like, nights watching YouTube or something, you know. I mean, you, right. you, sound, you sound really good, Mario. Well, well, thanks, Kelly. Um, look, all of what I do is synth music, and, and I'd say pretty much everything is just through the, um, you know, through Fruity Loops. I picked up making music electronically about a year ago. Um, started off with, with chip tunes, and I guess I was lucky in the sense that I have had some really great people who gave me feedback along the way. I was able to quickly adapt from those early days of having a very raw, unpolished sound, finding out what mixing and mastering was because I, I didn't even understand that, that side of things. And I, I guess every song that I make, I just try to make it a little bit better, a little bit more polished. If you go back and take a look at Spotify, you'll see some of the earlier stuff is you know, a little bit, um, a little bit, I'll put it politely and I'll say that it sounds rough, but the latest stuff definitely sounds a little bit more polished. And part of that I'd, I'd put down to feedback that I'm getting in the OTH channel. And like I said before, a lot of friends who have been very transparent, given me very direct feedback which has been very, very helpful in the music creating process. That's the feedback one. is essential. It's changed everything I do with, with how I write and how I produce, just listening to everything that you and everyone else on the Discord has to say, sharing all the different music. It's just, it, it, it's crazy because you find yourself getting all these answers you didn't even know that you had questions for. Um, yeah some of these people they know so much about 
uh, carving the sound, developing the space, doing the mix. And like me, I'm, I'm just like, oh, that sounds good. And you go in, you drop some of this feedback in the disc or some uh, one of your songs in the discord and ask for feedback. You better be ready because there's a lot of people on there who know a lot of things and it it can be a bit, bit overwhelming. Yeah, I've gotten help myself uh, recently. Um, on the Discord, the Discord's great. By the way, uh, side note: anyone who's watching this, uh, the Discord is an amazing place to hang out. Um, if you're not on the OTH OTL Discord, uh, you should get on there. Uh, meet some of us. Uh, talk with some of us. Um, it's a great place to hang out. Uh, okay, now back to our regularly scheduled programming. Mario, I understand you live in Malaysia. You speak with a slightly down under accent. Uh what's going on there? What's what's up? Yeah, yeah, great question. So that's right. I live in Malaysia in a little place outside of Kuala Lumpur. And I've been here for about 17 years now. So originally born and raised in South Australia, Adelaide. Um, come from uh, parents who were originally from from Europe, Italian, funny enough. So first generation Australian, uh, moved out here in 2006. It was purely for work. And you know what? When I came here, I, I pretty much never looked back, just enjoyed the culture, enjoyed the country. Um, work is definitely a big thing, but I'd say the even bigger thing was getting into a relationship, getting married, having a kid. That's definitely kept me in Malaysia. So, yeah, you know, it, it's been an interesting journey, definitely coming from the west to the east. And I really enjoyed the adventure side of things as well. Beautiful thing about Malaysia is, you know, you can drive in a direction for maybe 10, 20 minutes, hit the jungle, and all of a sudden it's a completely different sort of a atmosphere. You you go from uh, urban very developed city in KL, which is, you know, the equivalent to so many of these other, um, you know, cyber metropolises to something which is a lot more organic, a lot more ancient. And just going out and, and trekking through the jungle, meeting people in villages and all that is, is part of what I do. And it's part of what keeps me sane as well while I'm working my job. And, um, doing all that stuff too. See, that's an interesting thing. Cause I've, I've traveled all over America. I've, I've been to, about, I think 38 States and it's big. It's a lot of travel, but you don't have anything going through. That's so ancient that blows you. We've got some great uh, national parks and structures and stuff, but man, do I want to go? I want to go to South, uh, South America and see some of the, ancient civilizations the ancient buildings that's something i need to do in my life so i totally understand why that would be appealing just to have this you're living in what seems like a city and you drive 10 minutes and you just wilderness and who, who knows what else it's kind of like that when we go up north here in michigan it's a it's a totally different world than where i live with the 7-eleven and on mcdonald's on every corner nice yeah, and you know, on that point of of ancient and history, there's so many different cultures which is intermingled in Malaysia. So 
Uh, towards the south, we have a very famous port called Malacca, and we've got one of the oldest forts in the region, which is Aifamosa um, and El Bastion de Santiago, which was bought, uh, built by the Portuguese in the 1500s, later taken over by the Dutch. And then after that, obviously, the colonial English presence. So you have a lot of that stuff happening in the south. And then further up north, you know, as you get to the border with Thailand and, and onwards, you have that other, you know, Asiatic influence with the temples, with, um, you know, structures like like pyramidal type. And that's the other beautiful thing about Malaysia. You can drive from here all the way to Europe if you wanted to, because everything's landlocked. It will take you um, maybe a couple of months to do it. But we frequently drive from here up through Thailand. Um, you know, you can get to Vietnam quite easily and just sightseeing while you're still in your car and being able to go out and do that and see a different country is, yeah, a lot of fun. Now, do you have another question? I have a follow-up there to that. No, go ahead. Does it does it play into music? Do, do you feel like the culture will be in there for the last 17 years? I, I wouldn't be able to tell by listening to you. Like, because when I listen to your music, you know my I'm a triumphant. It's got that old school. I I want to slay zombies. I you know I want to I want to beat the final boss. That's that's what I feel. I I don't get any sort of Eastern influence musically right. in it. But when you're writing, do you feel there's an influence there at all in your music? Where's the jungle, yeah, Mario? Where's the jungle? Where's the jungle? Yeah, so in it's in the music. I was going to say it's just a couple of minutes that direction, but um, yeah, in the music. Look, I'll I'll say that whenever you hear something like a temple bell or maybe some of the chord progressions I use can be considered Asian at their core. Some of the more recent music that I've made, like Neon City Ninja, for example, and, and even Mechanized Cavalry, has a little bit more of that that Asiatic influence to it. However, the overriding influence to my music really is my second love, which is retro computing, gaming, and collecting all of the stuff that goes along with that. So I, yeah, I wouldn't call myself a game addict, but I have a room full of very old stuff, which I collect, and all of it is playable. And I frequently go back to playing Atari, Commodore 64, Super Nintendo, original Nintendo, and all of that stuff comes through very, very heavily in my music because it's something I love so much. I just bought uh, Assassin's Creed this morning. I'm with you, man. The Mirage, the new one. Oh, nice. I'm with you. <laughs> nice. So, um, funny enough, this morning I just bought a Atari ST and another Atari 2600 from uh, a place called Puchong. I saw from a, a photo a friend post this morning. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was a really great find as well. So I've been looking for an Atari ST for quite a number of years. And one of the things over here, mainstream consoles are very easy to find, but the really old stuff like the, you know, the 8.6 computers and the Ataris and the Commodores, they come up very rarely. So when they come up, um, yeah, I'm always looking for them. And one of my friends reached out because he knew I was collecting this stuff. And his uncle was was trying to get rid of a lot of, you know, old technology 
the stuff was in pristine condition and it was um yeah probably the highlight of the day the week the month yeah there's been a couple of highlights recently you've had a good start to your vacation then haven't you yeah yeah it's been a good start um staying off on the right foot at least yeah can you tell us about this last song that's up uh the one with the guy in the I see the picture in my head. Warpriest. Uh, yep. The, no. uh, or was it Warpriest or the other one? I uh, know that was Mechanized Cavalry, I reckon. Oh, the one that just came out. Yeah. It's like a ninja or something, isn't it? Or Well, that's Neon City Ninja, right? You got so many characters. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, was that not the latest one? I thought that was the latest one. Yeah, so I actually released one yesterday, um, oh. which is Mechanized Cavalry. So yeah, that's the other thing. I, I'm, I've got a couple of songs lined up to drop uh, in the near future. So um, they come out fairly consistently. But but on those two, let's take um, Mechanized Cavalry because that one uh, is quite interesting. What I tried to do there is blend some medieval style beats and drums and uh, a hurdy-gurdy synthetic hurdy-gurdy anyway um you know lute etc into the start of the song and then transition that into a sort of a synth wave dance type track with a real pumping galloping beat and then after that transition it into a slightly metal sort of chugging um type type uh, music so I, I guess the more that I make, the more I like experimenting. And that old school medieval recreation of, of um, songs and, and whatnot, like listening to the Camina Burana, listening to uh, Aaron e. Zoltan, who's quite a famous um, musician who works on recreating a lot of these old tunes. I'd really love to get to a point where I can make stuff like that, but also bring it into you know, the, the 21st century. And it's something you might see a little bit more of. Um, for now, it, it's more of an experiment than anything else. Here but yeah, hopefully it, it comes across. Yeah, it, I think it works, you know. I, I think it maintains continuity through the whole thing. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think you're going on like a, you're just going on an upward scale where you can see the growth as you go and I th- you know it could just be my unique position having done this I think we're about six months into this and a lot of you have been part of the show and I've been able to watch the growth of these songs as they consistently come out but I would say you most of the people that are, are working on music right now it's just this this upward movement into experimentation and bringing everything together and it's it's been Part of the coolest thing is to watch just everybody changing and just getting better and better and better. And I just, I I can't wait. And I think I say it all the time. I can't wait to see six months from now or a year from now, or man, what if we're doing this two years from now? What is that going to look like? What's the hurdy gurdy going to sound like in the next song? Uh, That's the follow up to this. You know, a lot of my songs are, an imagination experiment, if you will, of bringing old sounds into a modern environment for modern appeal. And uh, except for I'm like old America, Civil War country, uh, that kind of thing. And 
uh, I think it's refreshing to to look at. I, well, partly because my dad's a professor of Latin American studies, and I got to go to Central America and see those ruins and pyramids and everything, you know, for years at a time when I was a kid. See, I didn't, and, I didn't even know that. <laughs> There's so much I don't know about you guys still. <laughs> and uh, and so I I saw street musicians there playing marimbas that were hundreds of years old, you know, nice. and and uh, so that that was a really cool experience. So whenever I it became my turn to be a musician, one of the things I do is listen to Hank Williams, and I'm like, okay, now Hank Williams spoke the heart of a whole generation back then. What is it? I try to juice Hank Williams, you know, like what what is it about Hank Williams that connects to the heart? We'll see if we can bring that into modern times, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, anyways, I just really appreciate that approach. Uh, I hope you keep up with uh, bringing old sounds into a modern environment. So I really think that that's a, a noble pursuit. There's some stuff coming Thanks, up. Kelly. I know that's going to sound very medieval. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that one coming out as well. So, um, well, I guess we can talk a little bit about that, right, John? Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah. Collaboration seems to be the key to yeah. this whole thing that we're building. So, why not? Yeah. Why don't but you just, talk about yeah, some very... of the collabs you've done in general, though? Since this whole, I mean, I know you've 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 done the Nirvana projects. I'm sure there's things you're experimenting on with. Uh, talk about some of the collaborations that have come about since this whole only the host thing. Yeah, sure thing. So, um, well, started off with with the Nirvana project, and I was I worked with Uncle Funkbeard and John Serrano on that one, and it was smells like Teen Spirit, moving that into more of a, a dance electronic synth style song, so cool. and yeah, had a lot of fun doing that one actually. And you know the the baseline that Uncle Funkbeard brought to that tune really really made it. And then that Easter egg of John Serrano channeling Kurt Cobain right at the end. And boy, I, does he channel Kurt Cobain. I've learned that. Yeah, Man, he yeah. can, he channels that voice so good. And he does it with so many uh, different artists as well. I, I heard him doing Johnny Cash on Twitter, Amazing. Burning Ring, Ring Fire. And like, it's just got such an adaptable voice. I think there are a few people uh, with with the crowd who really have a lot of vocal talent in that respect so that was awesome and then more recently um you know with captain chemical hosting the musical madness project um doing some interesting stuff there which will come out uh, hopefully quite soon those guys um, are crazy aren't they yeah but you know what their music is so polished so out there and it is it's, yeah, I, I think I, it was like discovering Primus, like when I was uh, 13 or 14 and heard Primus for the uh, first time here in Tommy the Cat, you know, just blown away. Just like, oh, these guys are in a different sphere altogether. They're they're just out in space. Yeah, but but it just sounds so good as well. I, I listen to them quite frequently these days. Um, outside of that, uh, we've got the Monkeys Project going, so, so working slowly on a track for that one and John Serrano is going to do some vocals on that too. Um, I have an ongoing collab going with uh, Delegree, so we will eventually be getting that song out. It's uh, become a little bit of a, 
a white whale at the moment, but I think we're close to closing it out. And then, you know, with yourself, John, and with uh, Above the Snow Line, working on some pretty hard, pretty metal style music about, you know, going out and basically conquering hell, which yeah. is going to be pretty damn awesome. So, yeah. So uh, if hell is the music lot. industry, I think we're definitely, it's going to be our theme song. We're going to have to go in and conquer the music industry, which I don't even yeah. know what the music industry really means. So nor do I care. I'll probably yeah. clip that. <laughs> yeah. So, so those are the main things that, that I'm involved in now musically in terms of collabs. And then of course, you know, just, just, helping as stuff comes up in the discord giving feedback um you know contributing in, on that space so i consider it collaboration as well though not necessarily musically so yeah it all uh, feeds the same thing. it seems to feed the same mechanism like it does, yeah. every time i see uh something come about on the discord whether i'm involved or not i feel uh you know a connection to it that i don't or wouldn't otherwise because just you get to see these things kind of evolve and get born and you feel like you're there and you're part of it, you're invested and you're just cheering for, for the time it gets played and premieres. And that collaboration, that spirit seems to just permeate throughout everything that everybody involved in this seems to be doing. It's, it seems to yeah. just be this wave that we're all catching and riding together. It's pretty awesome. It's amazing. And, you know, on that point as well, I was looking back and I think I joined uh, the Indie Music Hunt back at number 23. So I think that was in July at some stage. So look back to history to, to find out where I got involved. And I would say that was a time where my mind actually started opening up in terms of different genres of music and appreciating different music. Because up until that point, I was very niche in terms of what I liked and what I listened to. You know, it was either Irish folk or hard electronic or medieval um, and maybe a smattering of other things. But then all of a sudden, hearing these independent artists making amazing music, appreciating the story behind that music, and also appreciating what went into the creation of that music, hearing the backstory, getting to know the people, gave me such an appreciation to different genres that I would never have dreamed of even enjoying in the past. Now, maybe part of that also was because my you know, YouTube and Spotify algorithms had locked me into a very um, niche of, you know, I kept hearing whatever it was that I had responded to in the past. And that's a big problem, right? Getting uh, locked I, into an I algorithm. I will say, I'm backing yeah. you up on that one 100%, because before this thing started, the only thing I was getting suggested through any music, I, I was listening to the same stuff regurgitated from the 90s to 2010. And then yeah. I would get recommended maybe bands I hadn't heard from that era, but nothing new, nothing and nothing very interesting or unique. So I think you actually have a point of like you get locked into what the algorithm yeah. tells you to listen to. Exactly. And the indie music hunt helped break that algorithmic code. You know, it, it expanded the universe of potential music and all of a sudden there's more life to to what's coming through there's a lot more engagement there's a lot more thought and it's definitely leaving an impression upon me with the music that i'm making and, and the journey i'm on so yeah it, 
it's been a lot of good stuff. Yeah, that's that's a great story, and that's kind of like my story with the indie music hunt. You know, I never listen to any new music. Uh, I I just listen to the same old stuff, uh, not because of an algorithm. Nobody be- needs new music. That it's nobody <laughs> does. Just Nobody because that's that's where I was stuck, you know, and and listening to the indie music hunts got me listening. To, I mean, I'm just a huge fan of John Serrano's voice, Key and Dre's drums, you know. I mean, just all these people, uh, that are totally brand new. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing that this whole uh, getting together, this whole co-op uh, idea has done for me is immerse me into these personalities in their music. It's just it's awesome. So it's it's like there was this cap to what I could talk to people about music with. Oh, do you remember that album from 1991 and how how cool that was? Yeah, that was great. That was that was a great album. What about that one from 1992? Yeah, that was great. That's boring as shit. Nobody wants to talk about that forever. How many times do we have to talk about the Black album? And so when I was able to start talking to people on Twitter about, oh, what are you doing with the song you're currently writing? What's that about? What's that mean? It's a much more interesting conversation for me to have with people. I I love a lot of old classic bands, but I'm pretty bored with talking about stuff that came out when I was 14 at 42 years old. So it's been super refreshing just on my part as reigniting my interest in even talking about music. Yeah, no, I, I hear you on that one as well. Um, even with friends and family, you know, recommending some of the amazing stuff that I've heard over the past six months and getting them to actually become fans of people they never would have connected with in, in a million years because they're either very locked into, you know, what they listen to from musical tastes or because of algorithmically the the playlists being curated for them. But it, it's really the start of something fresh, of wonderful. Um, it, it's something new. It's unexplored. And I think it's something that a lot of people are craving for. How do I find a new sound, something that hasn't been thrashed a million times over? And how do I get to hear something new and exciting and really enjoy it? So, yeah. That's what the indie music hunt, I guess, means to me. And and only the host in general, you know, it, it's that exploration. It, it's an amazing thing. This stuff's fun. And when I joined Twitter, it didn't look like anyone was having fun. I was just looking at people. Uh, here's my new single. See you later. Okay. Why would, why would anybody care? <laughs> and now people are having fun and it makes all the difference. Well, having a community support you as well and getting people listening to the music and engaging in the chat as you go live and you host a listening party or you premiere on the hunt, it's one of the best feelings as well as an independent musician, uh, just sharing that moment with everyone, with people who've become friends. It's amazing. Yeah. For those that don't know, every weekday at 1.30 p.m. Central, we have an indie music hunt. Uh, on YouTube uh, that John hosts and it's where we meet each other and listen to each other's music and make comments about it in the chat and it's a pretty awesome thing and it's been going on a while and and uh, a lot of people show up and we have a good time and 
I will add, I am always trying to give new artists priority. If you're not familiar with the indie music hunt, yeah, it's it's spawned some it's spawned a record label, it's spawned a community, it's it's spawned a lot of friendships, but this doesn't mean that you're excluded because you're late to the game. If you're on X, submit your music. We want to hear it. All 50 of the people on the label, they may not be there every day for the show, but they all have the same desire to get to know new musicians, get to hear different sounds. We're all exploring. So don't don't think that it's too late to join in on the game because it's just getting started. Jump in, have fun with us because that's really what we're trying to do. I mean, we're, we of course, we're making music, but I, I think we all just like enjoy hearing what each other come up with. It's like being in a band with 50 people and they're all bringing the best ideas that you've ever heard. What more could you want? Yeah, exactly. Perfect way of, of putting it, being in a band with 50 people. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well this has been a great conversation uh what do you what else y'all want to talk about we've been doing this for a while now like i've said you're basically my right hand man what would you say to somebody who who's never heard of what this only the host thing is to explain to them the momentum that we all feel that maybe people on the outside do not yeah great great question i would say so what is only the host essentially right what is only the host only the host is a it's a platform but it's not a platform it it's a community which has grown together around music for people who enjoy music who create music, who want to be a part of um, not only on the creation perspective, but also on the listening perspective or, or engagement perspective, being a part of a community of something bigger than themselves. I think only the the label especially is a aggregation of talent and of amazing people. And if you want a one-stop shop to find music that breaks the mold, that is potentially similar to your taste, but very different, stuff that's fresh, stuff that you've never heard of before, then this is the place for you. It's something which is expanding at a incredible rate, you know, for, for being, especially for the label, being around for a couple of weeks now, maybe two weeks. Has it even been two so weeks? Many, yeah, two weeks, and we've got over... I think we've got close to 60 people on board and that's just the first wave of people coming on board. Um, it's something that's going to be pivotal in music for years to come. And I think it's also one of those catalytic moments in history where people point back to it and say, that's the time. That's the time where the, you know, the game changed for the better. And no, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure, right? <laughs> but just being able to be a part of that moment where we collectively change the game, it's going to be amazing. And it already is. I think well, I, that hits, that's, that a hits hell of, awesome. that's a hell of a way to put it, man. Mario, thank you so much for your time. 
and and thank you so much for all you do for only the label. We really appreciate you coming here today. Uh, and this morning, I know it's early or late, uh, always when you're dealing with Malaysia time. So we really appreciate it. Uh, John, thank you so much, uh, for coming. The great facilitator. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, likewise, Kelly and John, thank you both very much. Uh, really great to be a part of this. It, it's been an honor to be interviewed, uh, by yourself, Kelly and, and John as well. And thank you for allowing me into the space. Really, really appreciate it. You're I don't awesome. think anyone got allowed. I think everyone just kind of squeezed their way in. Well, I wasn't looking. <laughs> everyone just kind of became part of this thing. There was no application. Just like, whoa, okay, I guess we're a thing. <laughs>